0: Awesome. So, talking all things transformed, we've been, uh, just as a little bit of uh, a recap for those who are joining us for the first time, potentially, uh, during the series, we've, so far, we've looked at the born-again experience, the the whole idea behind uh, being transformed is that God wants to continually transform us into His image. And uh, we looked at the born-again experience, which talks about when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, in a moment... Spiritually, we are a completely new person. The old person is done away with. New person is here. We are born again, supernaturally, spiritually. Uh, It was an amazing, amazing topic. And then we looked at the healed heart. Uh, We we unpackaged the fact that out of the heart, all things flow, and uh, our God is in the business of healing the broken heart. And tonight, we're looking at the renewed mind. We're looking at the renewed mind. I'm gonna get into it, should be fun. Uh, who knows that our heads can get messy? <laughs> uh, our, our, our minds are definitely not glitz and glam. Uh, to prove that point to you, I bet you if I put any single one of your thoughts on, on the projection screen when someone cuts you off in traffic, I promise you, more often than not, unless you are uh, filled with the supernatural peace of God, that those thoughts are good. Or if you're like me and you, uh, and you stub your toe, Frequently, or hit your head, man, I tell you what if ever I 'm like being slightly on the taller end of things, when I smack my head, it feels like it's like my neck does that, and it is the most aggravating thing in the world, and I promise you in that moment, uh, just for a split second, my thoughts are not praise the Lord <laughs> and uh, and uh, on and, uh, you know what you will have to find out at the end of days what those ones are <laughs> um, but as if, our, as if our thoughts uh, weren't already flawed, uh, there are so many things around us that try to influence our thinking. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, so we live in a world that is constantly trying to influence the way that we think, uh, whether it be how you should look, what you should eat, where you should go, uh, who to vote for, um, all those different kinds of things. Uh, are constantly There's constantly things, whether it be through social media, TV, news reports, friendship spheres. Are, there are messages that are constantly trying to influence our thinking. I know that this is a fact, I um, mean, this might be a controvert. note. there is no youth people here, so I can say this. Um, I know that the world is trying to uh, influence our thinking because who has seen the mullet? Like the bad mullet, the bad footy boy mullet. The fact that that alone exists in our day and age tells me, tells me, man, that people need to renew their mind. Oh Lord, help us as a youth leader. Man, I'm watching so many boys and I'm like, how in God's green earth could you ever say that that is a good decision to make? <laughs> Gee whiz. Anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's my rant. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, uh, for me, uh, a bit of my story, I, uh, I've been following Jesus for about 12 years now. Um, and although I had that born-again experience, made brand new Saved eternity, secured. Uh, I recognized um, that as a uh, teenager that grew up in a broken home with a whole bunch of mess. My thoughts did not automatically change overnight. Um, There were still some things that I had to reconcile with deep, deep deep-rooted toxic thoughts that needed to be renewed. And so I had to go on this process of renewing my mind um, and recognizing God's truth. And that's the and that's the thing about renewing our mind or the process of it is, it, is in fact a process. That word transformed that you read in uh, Romans 12 verse 2, uh, in the original Greek that it's written in, is the word metamorpho, or which is where you get the word metamorphosis. And it paints the picture, or the, the way that you could best express it, is that it's the process in which a caterpillar would transform into a butterfly. The process is completely changed, but it is a process, and it takes time. So we're going to unpack why we need to do that, how we're going to do that. So why in the first place do our minds need renewing? First and foremost, as I just explained, our minds don't default to God's goodness and truth. Um, how good are we as human beings at assuming the worst in situations? I was reflecting on this. I, if, I, if I ever uh, leave my phone unattended for like any longer than 10 minutes and I come back and there's three missed calls and four mixed, missed texts from anyone, particularly my wife, my first port of call is she's in trouble, or I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, if anything, because I didn't answer it at the first, at the first uh, phone call. And we're, we're so good at this. And I'm going to be completely uh, transparent with you guys. Most of you would know that I lead worship uh, as a part of our Worship team, but I've I've had moments. Okay, it's not always uh, holy thoughts when you're you know leading people into the presence of God. If I'm leading the first song and I see anyone in the congregation laugh and make eye eye contact in my general vicinity, my first my first thoughts are: What did I say? What didn't I say? What did I mispronounce? Or is my fly undone? (laughs) Those thoughts like immediately come to me for like the first five seconds, and then I put them aside, and then I fix my eyes on Jesus. But our thoughts. (laughs) often about ourselves, often about God, are skewed. They're flawed. And even in our best days, when God's not a part of our thinking, the majority of our thoughts don't really extend beyond ourselves. There's this uh, passage in Romans 8, verse 5 to 7. In the NIV, it says this, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh's death but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so, nor can it do so." Uh, When our minds aren't renewed, or before we enter into a relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that we actually can't comprehend the ways of God in its fullness. Like, it doesn't make sense to us. I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone, like I've had plenty of them with co-workers, friends, school friends, even family members who don't follow Jesus. And when I tell them that I pray or that I've read the Bible a couple times or that, you know, I lift my hands and sing songs in church, it's almost like their brains short out and they genuinely, like, it's, like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And when you think about it, following Jesus by the world's standards doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Putting others first, prayer, not seeking personal revenge, but forgiving and praying for our enemies. All of these things, not gossiping and slandering people, but encouraging them and lifting them up, doesn't make sense to our untransformed minds. And even in our finances, the world tells us to hoard our wealth. The, the world tells us to get as many possessions as we possibly can, but Jesus calls us to prioritize Him with our finances and to generously give away. Yeah. In the natural, in our fleshly, unrenewed minds, that doesn't make sense. And yet that's God's truth and that's God's best for our lives. That's that Romans 12:2. That's His good, pleasing and perfect will for us is that we live in that. But unless our minds are renewed, we can't live it out in its fullness because it, it doesn't make sense. And so if we're to experience that, you best believe we've got to get our minds changed. Yeah. Because ultimately, our thoughts dictate our actions. Don't they? I've, uh, I've recently just started getting into the rugby league again after uh, like a seven-year hiatus. Um, and I, uh, I've, I've noticed that there's a little bit of mind games in rugby. Um, if ever there is a team that's got like a star player, I'm thinking like Cameron Munster from the Storm, RAP, R-A-P Storm for, for Saturday if you're a Storm supporter. Um, but... <laughs> um, if you if you recognise that there is a star player on the opposite team, your agenda is to try and psych that guy out. Your 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 agenda and you, some really grubby approaches to it too will try and throw that guy off his game because they know they know that if they can throw that guy off his game, that it will affect the rest of the team, their performance, their ability to do plays, uh, their ability to, you know, yeah, to score tries, all those different kinds of things. If they can get that guy to think differently and to lose his sense of focus, it will completely derail the focus of the team. And that's the enemy's agenda for you and I as followers of Jesus. He knows that if he can get us to Change our thinking about ourselves or to stay stuck in our thinking about God, ourselves, others, whatever it be, he knows that it'll ultimately overflow in our actions. Proverbs 23, verse 7, and the New King James says, As he or as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Uh, So, what we pull from that is um, it's not your intentions, um, it's not even necessarily the things that come out of your mouth, um, it's what we think about ourselves in our inner world, our inner dialogue that ultimately express themselves in our actions. There's a, I actually heard it said, and I'm not sure if it was from Pastor John or not, but it was definitely from a leader that I admire. Um, there it was worded like this, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. So um, if my intention is I want to lose weight or to, uh, or to just get fit and healthy, but in my mind, I love McDonald's, you best believe I'm going to gravitate towards my strongest thought. <laughs> and uh, in, in the same way in our faith, If my desire is to pray more and to dig into the Word of God in the first part of my morning, but my mind goes, sleep is so good, (laughs) Uh, you best believe that I'm probably going to gravitate towards my strongest thought. And there's this this really sad uh, example of this in Scripture. It's in Numbers. Um, Numbers 13, and it's when the children of Israel are about to enter the Promised Land. They've been delivered out of Egypt. They've seen God move in insanely powerful ways oceans being parted, plagues being poured out, all those different kinds of things. And they're about to enter the promised land that God had promised their forefathers. And Moses, who's leading them at the time, sends out a whole bunch of spies to go and scout the land. They come back and they they give this report, which really actually quite surprised me, granted how much they've seen God do. And I'm going to read it from verse 32 to 33. It says, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the uh, the descendants that like just really big people like Goliath. And this is the part that rocks my brain. It says, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. And so what blows my mind is despite seeing all of these things that God had done in their lives, in a moment, because their eyes, their, their mindset hadn't shifted, they were still stuck in their bondage of slavery and their mind from Egypt, they missed out on the promises of God. Israel, like after they, after they gave this report, Israel does this crazy thing. In, uh, in Numbers 14, 2-3, it says, all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt... Or in the wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children were taken as plunder. And this line just blows my mind. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? To 400 years of slavery? Why would they think that more of a comfort than trusting the promises of God and entering into all that he had for them? Because their minds had not shifted. Because in, in their mindset, they were still slaves. And what's the lesson for us? We do the same thing. When our mindsets haven't been shifted, we can see God move in power in a multitudes of different ways. We can see healings. We can see deliverance. We can see people's lives changed. We can even see salvation. But if our mindsets don't shift, we will remain stuck in the areas that we don't invite God to move in. And so we need to renew our minds in order to experience God's fullness in our lives. So how do we do it? First and foremost, we need the Holy Spirit. Love the Holy Spirit. If we go back to Romans 8, uh, in verses 5 to 6, we talked about the mindsets that are on the flesh, but in that same passage it says, uh, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And then in in, uh, verse 6 it says, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our minds follow suit. We learn His desires, we learn His ways, we learn His thoughts towards us. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 10 to 14 uh, says, says this, These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to comprehend these things. Without Him, it seems like foolishness. It doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit is the one who shows us the thoughts of God towards us. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, if you can think back to school for a second, if you ever had that subject that you just didn't necessarily get much in, but then you had that one teacher and the way that he explained it just made everything suddenly make sense. And it was like, oh, I get it now. The Holy Spirit is that for us in the ways of God and the thoughts of God and the truths of God. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can help our minds to understand the things of God. So we need the Holy Spirit and we need the Word of God. Because the Holy Spirit can't remind us of the things of God. He can't teach us the ways of God if we have never heard them before. John 17 verse 17 says, Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. That word sanctify is this process of transformation. It's this process of learning the ways of Jesus, following, uh, being a disciple, following him. And the way that we engage in that, and I love that he's very intentional, not by our feelings, not by our ways, not by our words, but by his word. His Word is the instruction manual in which we engage in His ways. And uh, Psalm uh, 1, verse 1 to 2, I'll paraphrase, but it might pop up behind me. It essentially contrasts this, uh, this blessed person as one who doesn't hang out with people who are bad for them, but one who meditates on the Word of God and delights in it. And so what we pull from that is, instead of surrounding ourselves with the things that would cause our mindset to drift away from God, we've got to meditate on the Word of God. And that word meditate is to fill our minds. The the original translation says it's like a muttering. It's a continual repetition. It's a continual reminding ourselves of the truth of God. And that's why it's so important to be in the house of God, can I just say? Because it's in this atmosphere where we hear the singing of the Word in worship, where we encourage each other uh, through fellowship, in connect groups, where we get around the Word together, where you hear the preaching of the Word, that our mind is renewed without us even realizing it because we're being fed God's truth, being fed God's truth. But there's like a, a next step from that, and that is to meditate on the Word in your own space. And so for me, I, uh, I have had to meditate on Scriptures and the truths and the promises of God countlessly, and I've actually ha- had to write them down in a journal like this. Um, And I I actually picked this one up um, because I forgot that it existed to start it all over again. It was from 2017, and I've got like three, four pages of scriptures from back in 2017 that I had to meditate on and remind myself of. And as I did that, it changed my mind. I began to believe it as truth. I began to believe it as truth. And what happens is when we get the Word of God, I'm going to invite the keys up in this moment if that's okay. Um, When we have the Holy Spirit we have the Word of God filtering our thoughts and renewing our mind, we then begin to recognize the thoughts in our mind that aren't the truth, that aren't of God, that are lies. And when we recognize them, we then, by the Holy Spirit and by His Word, we take them captive. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We, God's people, you and I, demolish arguments and every pretension or argument that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought to make it obedient to Christ. (coughs) There's going to be moments when you read Scripture where things are going to jump out at you, and you'll wrestle with them because there's like a moment where you go, God, I don't necessarily believe that in my life. Can I encourage you, if ever that happens, not to just push it aside and erase it from your theology, but to dig deeper? Because whenever you search the scriptures or you hear the preaching of the Word of God happen, and it rest, and you wrestle with it, can I suggest to you that it's probably not God who's in the wrong there? Wow. Can I uh, can I can I suggest to you that maybe it's us and our flawed thinking that actually need to wrestle and come to a place of Understanding God's truth and believing it by faith, not to run from it, but to do the wrestle. And that's so okay. Can I tell you, I've had so many moments in scripture where I've read something, I'm like, God, that sounds really whack to me. I don't necessarily get that. Um, I find that hard to reconcile with my understanding of you. And in that moment, I go, Holy Spirit, you help me to understand the ways of God. Help me to understand the truth. Lord, I don't want to create my own understanding of you and make you submit to my thoughts, but I want to submit my thoughts to you. And so here in this moment, I want us all to sort of close our eyes because I feel like there may be some people here, and I want to do this really quickly, who, uh, as I've been talking, have realized, Isaac, there may be some lies that i believed about myself or about God that I need renewing. For me, I believed that God only loved me if I did the right thing. That was a lie I believed. Um, It was was a works-based Christianity that I had to do the right thing, pray for so long, read my Bible for so long. Otherwise, I'd lose his favor. I'd lose my salvation. I'd lose his love for me. And then I read a beautiful passage of Scripture in Romans 8 that says, nothing can separate me from the love of God. And I, I specifically want to pray for a couple people. Firstly, if you're here and you feel... Isaac, I actually am petrified of the idea of being alone with my thoughts because I know that they are just filled with a cloud and a heaviness and a darkness. The Bible says that when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Free from what? The lies that you've believed, the lies that have been spoken over you. I believe that there's going to be some people here tonight that have, through circumstances, through words that have been spoken over your life when you were in your past, have come to believe a lie about yourself or about God that needs to be shifted. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here to bring freedom to you tonight. Maybe you're anxious. You can know the peace of God that surpasses all understanding right here and now. So if in your seats, if there's anyone here that recognizes that that might be them, could you just raise your hand, be bold in this moment. I want to pray for you and allow the Holy Spirit to minister and bring truth to your world. See those hands, that's awesome. Is there anyone else? Amazing. God loves you so much and wants you to know the truth about his love for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, for those hands that are raised, for those that have believed lies from from the enemy through circumstances, whatever it was that rooted that thought in their minds, I come against it in the name of Jesus and declare the freedom that is found in your truth, in your word. Father, I pray even right now that you would minister to that lie and that you would declare your truth over them. For those who don't feel worthy, that they would be assured that they are children loved by you. For those that feel like they're forever going to be stuck, forever going to be addicted, I pray that they would come to know the truth that there is freedom in the name of Jesus and freedom indeed. And for those that are anxious those who feel continually stressed and they don't know why, I pray that there would be peace from heaven to rest on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. God's good. God's very good. Now, hey, we've been, uh, we've been talking about our uh, minds being renewed and the idea that some of our ideas about God uh, can be skewed and flawed. And you may be here tonight and you, you feel like that might be you, that you, your understanding of God um, is possibly that He's just like an angry, distant God who is very indifferent to your life and doesn't care about the hardship that you've gone through. Can I tell you tonight that uh, when we look at the life of Jesus, um, Jesus came to earth to properly represent and put aside every misconception about who God is. And what I look at when I look at the life of Jesus is God is not angry. He's not distant. He's not ready to smite you as you walk through the doors of this, of this house. But instead that his love for you is endless. His, he has been pursuing you to engage in a loving relationship that you can experience, not just have an understanding of, but experience in its fullness because he loves you so much. Every single one of us can know that love. And the way that we know that love is through believing in Jesus. The Bible says that if we declare with our mouths and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is who He says He is, that He's Lord, that He's God, that He died and rose again, that we could enter a loving relationship with God that would transform our lives from this moment onward for all eternity. And I want to create a moment right now for anyone in this room that wants to enter into that relationship. Can I tell you there's no prerequisites? You don't have to meet a checklist of religious activity to earn the favor and the love of God. Take care of that later. All he asks for in this moment is that you would respond by faith. and get rid of your, give your old life to him and allow him to change you and to, and to love you, not yes as you are, but also into all that he's called you to be. So can I ask us all to close our eyes one more time? And there's three types of people that I want to speak to right now. Firstly, if you're here and you've never entered into a relationship with God, you might not even necessarily understand why you're here tonight. You might not. All of the things that I've been talking about might not necessarily make sense to you, but you know in the deepest part of your heart that, Isaac, I need God. There is a hole in my heart that I have not been able to fill. Can I tell you that the answer to that is Jesus? The answer to that is Jesus. So in a moment, if you're that type of person, in a moment, I'll have you raise your hand. I'll acknowledge that I've seen, and I'm going to lead us all in a prayer, inviting Jesus into our lives. But the second type of person I want to speak to is maybe you're here, grew up in church, went to kids' church, went to youth, whatever you found yourself doing, would even have called yourself a Christian at one point, but life got in the way, and you found yourself distant from God. I want to encourage you, God's arms are open wide, like a loving Father welcoming you back in. If you're like Isaac, I want to Recommit my life to Jesus in a moment. I'll have you raise your hand as well. And lastly, if you're here, you believe in God, which is awesome, Um, but when it comes to the idea of eternity, heaven, hell, both very real places, uh, there isn't a peace. Can I tell you that you can have that? You can experience that peace. You can have a deep knowing of where your eternity is going to be. So if you're any one of those three people, on the count of three elders, have you raised your hand? One, two, three. Is there anyone here that wants to invite Jesus into their lives? Down the front here, I see your hand. That is amazing. God loves you so much. Is there anyone else here that wants to join this amazing person and making that life-changing decision? From this moment on, everything changes, and I don't want to miss this moment. Is there anyone else here? Jesus loves you So much. So much. Awesome. Well, what we're going to do with eyes closed and heads still bowed, we're going to, uh, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And we're all going to repeat it after me, but for that one person who said it, I want you just to say it like you're saying it directly to God by faith. So, church, why don't you repeat this after me? Dear Father in heaven, all together, dear Father in heaven, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to demonstrate your love to me. I put my faith in him tonight and I say goodbye to my old way of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the love of the Father. I thank you that in Jesus' name, I am set free, born again, loved by God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you put your hands together for that one person who made that decision? (laughs) There is a party in heaven right now in this moment. Right now in this moment, the Bible says, for that one person, I want to encourage you to do two things. Can I just say that the decision you've made is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. There is a lifelong journey of discovering what it is to follow Jesus from this moment. And can I encourage you, the two best things that you can do to engage in that journey is to keep coming to church. To keep coming to church because it's in this atmosphere of faith that you discover what it is to who Jesus is and how to follow him. And secondly, uh, get to an alpha course. Alpha course is just this open uh, course that you undertake where you can ask questions, discover the big questions of faith, and ask them. And it's a really welcoming, loving uh, environment that I know will bless you because I know that that's just going to help you. But Jesus loves you so much. Church, one more time. Why don't you just give it up for that person? And give it up for Jesus as well while you're at it. Thank you, Lord. That's it from me. I'm going to pass it over to my beautiful wife.